everybody this is adrian michelle and thank you for tuning in again for another episode of teach style live faith i realized that last time in my first episode i did not actually tell y'all what my podcast was about so my podcast is based on what it's titled teach style live faith so i will talk about anything pertaining to teaching fashion healthy living in my faith but i'll be honest with you this podcast will really focus on my faith um and how I can encourage others in the faith to just live more boldly for the Lord with the confidence of knowing their identity in Christ. So with that said, let's go ahead and get into this episode for today. So in the last episode, I talked about how to live as Christ, whether we are married or single, but to not discredit the fact that there are people who desire to be married. I feel as if there has been a trend within the Christian culture to try to make one feel as if the desire for marriage is less holy that we are not really sold out for the lord or fall on the lord when that's not always true it's a desire that god has given us and it's a desire that is okay and as i explained in the last episode we don't see many people praying and yearning for that desire in the Bible because in their culture, marriages were arranged. It was not something I really had to pray about. It was something that was going to be done for me and I didn't have a choice in the matter, which on a different note talks about love being a choice. But anywho, we are in a new time and age where we do dating and we, we have a different way in which we do it. So we don't see that desire being prayed for. But what we do see in the Bible are countless times of ladies praying, almost seeming crazy, i.e. Hannah, because they want a baby so bad. And that desire was a good desire. They wanted to honor the Lord through childbearing. And so I want to continue this conversation specifically because one of my friends asked me a question in response to my podcast. The question was, well, was Jesus ever married? And I remember being told this a lot of times when I would talk about my desire for a husband. And sometimes people flippantly and carelessly give responses and they don't really measure the weight of what they're saying. And a lot of times people would say, well, you know, Jesus was never married, so go ahead and keep living life. And it's like, um, hold up, wait a minute. You know, and I used to kind of accept that and say, okay, Jesus wasn't married. I don't have to be married. But as I have read and grown in my walk with the Lord, that is not a true statement or it's not true in an entirety. So yes, Jesus was never married, but Jesus will be married. You know what I'm saying? So if we search the scriptures, that's true. And so if Jesus will be married, that means he's what? He's engaged. So I want to break that down for some of you who often get that response. So the first thing we need to understand is what is marriage? And in the dictionary, you can look that up in marriage is a covenant. And specifically a covenant between a man and a woman but for those of you who are in the faith when you hear the word covenant what does your mind automatically go to it goes back to the old testament i will make a covenant between israel and me you know so a covenant is what a marriage is we get covenant because of the demonstration of god so now that we understand what marriage is then i want to show you how it's used in scripture specifically not just the marriage part i want to talk about husband and i know um 
there are males who listen to my podcast. So yes, wife. And there are different accounts of that too in the Bible. But I took this main scripture that I would continually tell myself about how my husband is my maker. And I went back and I looked in the concordance to see what the Hebrew and Greek words for that were. So when I go into the Old Testament, we know that the Old Testament is written in Hebrew and the New Testament is in Greek. And so in the Old Testament, the word for husband is Baal. Okay. And that means to marry, to be Lord or husband over. And so the people of Israel were married to whom? God. Okay. And to be married is a verb. Now I went to the New Testament. In the New Testament, the word for husband is Gamaliel, which also means to marry. And this is what is used in 1 Corinthians 7. So and 1 Corinthians 7 is where they talk about marriage, whether to marry or not to marry. And I don't have time to go through that. But you can see that both of these are verbs and both of these talk about a husband. And we know that Jesus is God in the flesh, the Trinity. They are one. Um, as I heard this morning with my pastor, Jesus is God in a bod. You know, and so God with the Israelites, he had said, hey, I'm your husband. I'm your maker. I'm your Lord. And Jesus also is God in the flesh. And so his desire is to be that same thing for us. So from there, I think about how there are so many examples of how earthly marriages are to be. We have to understand that our marriage is not an example of um, how Christ should love the church. How Christ loves the church is what we are demonstrating through our marriage. So with that understanding, you need to know that the first marriage is the marriage between how Christ loves the church. And Christ calls the church the what? The bride. We are the bride of Christ. Like we are. It's not just a metaphor. Like we really are the bride of Christ. He's going to come back in for his bride. And so when people say that, Christ wasn't married. I disagree with that. He has chosen to marry us. And let's talk about his earthly body in an earthly marriage. If you understand who Christ is, he could not be married. And when we think about the fact that Jesus was tempted in every way that we were, um, hello, how are we tempted, especially those of us who are single? We're tempted to settle for less. We're tempted to give up. We're tempted to not um, hold on to purity because we have desire to be married, to be with someone. And so Jesus felt all of those. And this is side, this is not Bible, but if Jesus could marry, I believe that he would have married Mary. How many times did I just say Mary then? <laughs> but he could not marry. And why was that? Because he had a mission when he came here. Not just that he had a mission. So don't take this as, oh, I just got to be about my father's business. I ain't got no time for his spouse. No, I mean, he was sent here to die for the sins of the world. And Jesus' death 
goes back to the Passover and how they sacrificed for the sins. And it had to be a pure and spotless lamb. What do we call Jesus? We call Jesus the lamb that was crucified. Jesus had to remain sinless and pure in order to die for the sins of the world. He could not marry here on earth because the signal that you have made a covenant and were married to someone, about to be a little bit graphic, was the shedding of blood. There is something that happens when a virgin is married and that act is committed for the first time. Even in back in the day, to prove a woman's virginity, that sheet was brought out to prove she had not been with another man because that covenant, the blood was what sealed it. Um, in Hebrew, it says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So Christ had to shed his blood for us. He could not unite with someone else and still remain pure and sinless. If we even think about Mary, his mother with Joseph, Joseph never touched Mary. Joseph did not enter into Mary because of his reverence for the Lord and because they were not married yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that would have tainted the pureness of Christ. If you go back in scripture, I believe it's in Second Corinthians where it talks about how our body is a temple and how we are not to unite our bodies with a prostitute. How dare we do that? So Christ not saying that, you know, we were prostitutes, but Christ cannot unite his body with someone else here on this earth. And in order for the marriage to be sealed and the covenant to be made, he would have had to commit it the sexual act that said hey we are now husband and wife and so it wasn't that jesus didn't desire to be married and all of that it was again he had a mission and that mission required him to be sinless and perfect and he could not get married and still remain his blood remain pure and sinless so since we got that out the way let's talk about why to make the statement that Jesus was not married actually kind of diminishes all that he came on this earth to do. So God created us in his image and he created us to be in fellowship with him. And we fell short of that. Basic gospel fell short, but he had a plan all along to send his son so that we could be back in relationship with him. So when Jesus came to this earth, he said, I have come to do my father's business. And he was coming back so that we could be reconciled to God through Christ. And so God, Jesus' greatest mission was to do that work, was to show us that God wants us, was to marry us, basically. So the proposal has been made he has already died and shed his blood for us and the wedding date is set except we don't know the wedding date only god knows that date but we are just waiting for that day when christ returns and we walk down the aisle and the groom returns and he what right now what he's doing is he's preparing a place for us it's in i believe it's in john he says that hey i will go and prepare a place for you um, in my father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would not have told you so. And if you think about that, again, when you go back to Old Testament in the actual engagement period, 
that or betrothal, that was what the males did. They went to go and prepare a place in a life for their new bride, for the life they were going to live. Side note, those of you who are getting married, you don't need to have these two year long engagements. All you need is enough time to go and get your stuff together so that the two of y'all can be one, meaning house, finances, etc. And then come back and marry her. Okay? Okay. Back on topic. But again, so he went to prepare a place for us because he's coming back. Christ's ultimate goal was to do the work of the Father, which was reconciling us to his bride. And that's not just metaphorically. It's also truly um, our whole walk is about a relationship. And marriage is not just a picture of our relationship to Christ. Christ has already determined that the marriage is going to happen and he set that as an example for us to follow when we think about ephesians five twenty three, where it says um husbands love your wife as christ loves the church we're replicating what christ has already done and so this is why marriage is so important and this is why who you marry is important so those of you who are single and are waiting like and, and you know you could have been married to somebody else but know that it would not have honored god and they would not have been walking with him continue it's so important because we are here to demonstrate in every aspect of our lives how good god is and i think another example of that is just that christ it says in romans 5 8 that while we were yet still sinners christ jesus died for us so he made a choice before anything we ever did to get our life together. He said, I love you. I want you. And I want to be with you for eternity. And that's what we do when we get married. We make a choice. We say, I love this person despite their flaws. And I want to spend the rest of my life with them. It's a choice. I don't believe there's the one. I believe there is a one that you can marry within the boundaries that God has set forth, but there's not the one as if you're going to miss this person if you don't say the right thing to them the moment you see them, okay? So if God so desired um, this marriage as a picture of his love for us, and if Christ's work was to glorify the Father, and then your desire is okay because I believe that your desire to be married is to glorify the Father. I know mine is. Let me be real honest. If I were not a Christian, I were not living for the Lord, I would care less to be married. I would. I could go and do whatever I please because I would have no God that I serve that I believe that I would have to honor and live my life a certain way. I will live my life however I want, which means I would be with whomever I want, doing whatever I want. But I serve a God who has a plan, and I believe that one of the ways in which he chooses to make his love known to the world is through our marriage and how we demonstrate that, and through childbearing and raising disciples to go and share more of the gospel throughout the ends of the world. So I just want to tell you again that your desire is not wrong and i know people can bring up the scripture of how a married person their heart is divided and though i will never add or take away from the bible i think that that was a transition because i could not find in the old testament someone who 
was not married. There are widows, of course, but to be a widow, that means you were once married. And then the others who were not married were eunuchs. Eunuchs were not married, not by their own choice. They were made that way. And again, I do not believe that was God's intent for them to be made in such a way that they could not perform an act that God has said um, was good. That was a different structure. So when we get into the New Testament and we go with that scripture, hey, it's better to marry than to burn and an unmarried person is concerned about the affairs of the Lord. I hear that and I'm not going to argue on it. I'm just going to say I don't believe his main plan was that we not be married. I believe that God's main plan was that we do marry. So I just want you to know again that your desire is good and we need to quit delaying marriage for selfish reasons. But other than that, go ahead, keep your desire, keep praying. Know that you are not alone, my brother, my sister. I'm right in the thick with you. Every day I'm like, hey God, when's it gonna happen? I trust you. Okay? And that's what I want you to continue to do is trust him. Stand on his word. He says no good thing will he withhold from you. He says that all things work together for the good. He tells us to commit our ways to him and to trust to him and he will act. And so continue to hold on to scripture. Continue to trust him and continue to believe. I'm not going to name and claim it, but I do believe that he will fulfill our desires in his timing. All right? So I hope this encourages you. If you know somebody else that needs to hear this message, go ahead and just send it to them. Definitely know that it will bless them and I would truly appreciate it. So thank you again for tuning in to Teach Style Live Faith. I will be sending out podcast episodes every Monday. So stay tuned for the next one. Bye.